Hi there. We'd like to let you know that this episode of Public Sector Perspectives with Art Centre CEO Claire Spencer was recorded in June before Daniel Andrews announced a return to Stage 3 restrictions in metropolitan Melbourne and when the Art Centre was preparing itself for a slow reopening of facilities. Currently, Art Centre Melbourne has postponed their reopening and cancelled any upcoming performances. They look forward to welcoming the public back into the Art Centre when it is safe to do so. In the meantime, Art Centre Melbourne will continue to stream a broad program of performances through its digital portal, Together With You, which can be accessed via the Art Centre Melbourne website. We hope you enjoy the podcast. So much of the arts is about physical engagement. Theatre, galleries, music festivals. How can the arts stay connected with the community when the stages are bare and the audience is empty? Hello and welcome to Public Sector Perspectives, ideas and insights about the public sector during the COVID crisis. I'm Hayley Ricketson from IPA Victoria. When COVID-19 hit Australia, many theatres and arts venues and institutions closed their doors overnight. The sector was hit hard and fast and some venues are unsure when they'll be able to reopen. But in spite of this, many arts organisations have found innovative ways to remain connected with their audiences and community. CEO of Arts Centre Melbourne, Claire Spencer, has led the seminal cultural institution through this crisis, emphasising the importance of care, empathy and communication in leadership. Welcome, Claire. Hi, Hayley. Thanks for that introduction. How are you? Good, thank you. Let's start back at the beginning when it first became clear that the Arts Centre was going to have to close. Do you remember where you were and what ran through your head at the time? I remember exactly where I was. I think it's one of those moments I'll, I'll never forget. Um, we started, I guess, to have a real inkling on, the, um, on Friday the 13th of March, um, which, you know, was a very suitable date. Uh, we had Scott Morrison gave his press conference and, um, you know, advised us that we were going to be needing to go down to groups of 500 people from the following Monday. And that was really the first first inkling. And then waking up on the Sunday morning and knowing that we were going to close and that we weren't going to wait until that 500 got whittled down to nothing, we were going to close the next day. And uh, realised that on waking up, worked it through with my board on the Sunday morning. And by three o'clock that afternoon, we'd, we'd told our team and 10 o'clock that night the announcement went out and the industry changed at that at that moment uh, forever after that weekend I don't think it will it will be the same so yeah it's one of those one of those moments that's uh, very clear in my mind that's my naughty dog so yes that was the moment that that weekend in the middle of March so three months ago now and um, yeah my goodness what a what a three months it's been. One of your great achievements as CEO has been the Arts Wellbeing Collective, which has promoted strong individual wellbeing for those in the arts sector. Did you find you used insight and policy from this collective in supporting staff and community during this crisis? 
Yes, um, I mean, the first thing I would say there is that um, the Arts Wellbeing Collective is, I think, one of the great achievements of the Arts Centre, not, not just, um, certainly not, not, not just me, there's a whole team um, that sits, sits behind this. But I think the, the, the approach that we used with the Arts Wellbeing Collective, we, we learned a lot from that. And um, it really has informed how we work with particularly our team and the broader creative community during this, the, during this crisis. You know, pre-COVID-19, we, we already knew that there were really alarming statistics in the performing arts sector, the live performance sector for mental health issues. Um, and we created a very tailored solution, which ended up being the Arts Wellbeing Collective, because we couldn't find um, an off the shelf solution. So we knew we had to create something. When we hit COVID-19, um, we knew that our community would be, and when I say our community in this context, I mean the community of people who work in the live performance sector. So artists, but also including, you know, production crew, roadies, people who work in marketing, people who work in ticketing, they're, they're really the whole broad spectrum. So we knew from the work we'd done with the collective that our community would be highly vulnerable to the impact of, of COVID-19. And it also given us very, um, given us insight into specific issues that, um, that are faced by the sector. And uh, one of those is the uncertainty of work, um, which is, you know, now with COVID-19 that, that has gone to a whole new level. But having some early insights into that through the Arts Wellbeing Collective was invaluable. Um, we, we saw visits to the Arts Wellbeing Collective really spike up in March and, and, and April. Uh, with a threefold increase across those two months and then going into May, even off that high base, we saw double the amount of usual visits and calls to the Support Act Wellbeing Helpline, which is a helpline that we launched uh, last August for anyone who works in the live performance sector. Um, they vary, though the calls to the helpline vary week by week, but overall the number of calls has increased by about 60% over this period. So we used, I guess, what we had learned from, from the collective and, and, and fed that into our response. Um, we developed a number of guides, for example, that we used for the Arts Centre Melbourne team, but also then opened those up to the broader sector. And we, we didn't have to start from scratch because of the work we'd done with the Arts Wellbeing Collective. So it's certainly, um, when we put the collective together, we never anticipated it would have a role in a global pandemic um, but it certainly has proven to be a really you know a really useful platform for us to use. Yeah in in that supporting material that you created during the crisis you've emphasized self-care leadership creativity etc in all of that how important are these qualities to the art center and the art sector in general? Yes, so um, the materials are available on the Arts Wellbeing Collective uh, website for anyone who wants to access them. You don't have to um, work in live performance to, to do that, and you certainly don't have to work at the Arts Centre to do that. So please, um, I would encourage people to hop on and have a look at those. So where, um, where, the, where those 
qualities um, are important to us. I guess um, they couldn't be more important. They, they're really driven by our organisational values. Um, I know a lot of organisations have values that they, you know, write on their lanyards and have on posters, but we, we, we work in a very real way with ours. Um, and they've taken on a really new, new depth and, and resonate um, really clearly through, through this pandemic. So our values are care more, creativity, community and leadership. Um, and we certainly uh, didn't imagine uh, this crisis when we were talking about these values five years ago. But um, as I mentioned, they've been absolutely fit for purpose and they've been front of mind in all of the decisions we make. Uh, and that's through how both we've supported our team, uh, what we are trying to, how we're trying to support the wider art sector, and how we've also responded um, through sort of realigning our team to through this. So to manage the crisis, to prepare for reopening, and also to prepare for a long-term future. And as a leader, what's been most important to you during this time? Oh gosh. Um, Look, I think um, that's a difficult question. I, that so, so many things have been, um, have really mattered. It's hard to choose what's been the most important. I think it's probably really holding myself and, and the team at the Arts Centre, the, the leadership team at the Arts Centre, to hold, hold us accountable for making decisions that are really people-led. And that is about physical health, but also about mental health and, and across, you know, the, the team at Arts Centre Melbourne, but also the artists we work with, the audiences we're here to serve, um, and also the arts community that, that we're here for. So we're really nothing without any of those groups that I, I've just mentioned. So we've really tried to think about what can we do to care for each of those groups during during this time but we've also we've also had to i guess hold ourselves to account for looking after ourselves as well and looking out for each other and i think over the last um you know couple of weeks we've been able to take a breath and and get some rest uh we were all pretty you know pretty traumatized i think by by the first first few weeks of the of the shutdown and um, you know that takes its toll so I think having a level of self-awareness um, how that's impacting you as a as a leader as well as how it's impacting the rest of your team has been has been important as well. The Art Centre is an organisation under the umbrella of Creative Victoria and since lockdown, you've been offering some fantastic online live stream performances and particularly you've developed the Together With You initiative. Can you walk us through how Together With You was created? Yes, it's, I'd, love, I'd love to. It's, um, look, it's, it's bizarre to think that three months ago Together With You didn't even exist. And, you know, now three months later, it's had nearly six million um, individual individual views it's um it's quite astonishing when you think about that when when we first announced we were closing we said we would be closed for a month because we really had no idea what time frame to put on it but it became pretty clear within days that we were going to be closed for much longer than that 
And so we thought, um, you know, what can we do for our audiences through through this time? What what are they going to be starved of live content? So what can we um, what can we give them to perhaps help just a little bit through this period of lockdown? Um, you know, there's a huge surge in online content, um, and 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 also a huge surge in the demand with everyone at home locked in. So it, it really came from a need you know we looked around at what digital content we had ready to go we had a little bit but not a lot it hadn't been a priority for us over the over the past few years and so we felt that we're going to have to create something here um, so first of all we created a, the platform which is called together with you and and then we started to populate it with content so we had some performance recordings that we were able to share we had some educational workshops we had some artist interviews and some podcasts and and also a few interactive experiences that, that were designed specifically so that people could do them at home and we just we just continued to develop what what we had and we found that um, audiences really responded to that there was clearly an appetite to stay connected to what we do and to stay connected to not just the art center but also the performing arts so we put up a lot of content from our partners as well which was important and then the biggest thing we did was um, commission a, a a new show basically um, where it's called uh, Art Centre Melbourne's Big Night In with John Foreman and it's a variety style show that's hosted by John from his house in um, his house in St Kilda and it's been hugely popular um, you know he John it's a, it's a mixture of of song and, and music from the Aussie Pops Orchestra and um, and then John interviews the um, the artists about their experience and you know their career and what how they're finding lockdown so um, it started as a as an at home activity so the artists were all at home and, and John was at home and my broadcast um, recording and broadcast team were all at home one of the unexpected upsides actually of this program is we've been able to reach people who wouldn't ordinarily be able to come to the art centre so people in remote and rural areas in Victoria um, or people who may not be able to leave their homes they've also been able to to experience um, experience this content as well so it's something we're really interested in in continuing even when we do return to a live performance format we think there will always be a space for some aspect of of digital engagement uh, for our audiences as well has this maybe changed or made you adapt or even just reaffirmed the ways that you see or try to realize the public value of art and performance that is such a good question Haley. and um yeah it's one that we've really been um, thinking about deeply particularly over the last four weeks i'd say you know and a lot of that has been based on the audience response to the digital content that we've been putting out but also this sort of outpouring of of connection and love and and almost grief that um live performance isn't in people's lives and i think you know for us we need to we need to better articulate the public value of art and performance 
in live performance, which is the area that I work in, it's, it's not just entertainment. Um, and it's not simply, um, you know, a, a driver of, of visitation and the economy. Though, of course, um, neither of these things can be undervalued. They're both really important and, and really valid um, parts of, of why it's important. But but I think the public value of, of, um, of live performance is much more than that. You know, it, it connects us and it reflects our society back at us. It highlights the issues that we need to solve as a community and, and also aspects of, um, of, our, of our lives and community that should be celebrated. And, you know, through storytelling and artistry, it can take us to other places and, and it can help us re reflect on the experiences of others. You know, it provides a, this wealth of, of learning and creativity. We know it, the impact it has on people's mental wellness connects us with our humanity and, and our community. And it, and it helps us understand our identity, perhaps in ways that we otherwise wouldn't be able to. Um, I think the main thing is it's not, this isn't a pastime of the elite. Um, if it's made available and accessible, all of the community in, engage with it and, and can benefit from it. So we realise that, um, that value comes from all different directions and, and we need to perhaps do a better job of articulating that public value that comes from live performance. We, we know that that value needs to be picked up and, and, and reflected back by governments in their support of live performance, to be picked up by audiences of the beneficiaries of the, of the performance and also, you know, of, of organisations like ours who are the facilitators and the aggregators and, and as, as, well as, the, as well as the creators of those experiences. So it's... You know, we've really pondered that that deeply, and I think you'll see more. Um, you'll see the the sector as a whole talk about that more in the coming months. The art sector has been hit very hard by COVID nineteen, and will take some time to fully recover. So, looking at how the arts in Victoria will adapt to the new normal, are there changes you're more positive about investing in? Are there ones that you feel more hesitant about? There are going to be health and safety protocols and financial constraints that will inform everything that the industry does. So, for example, um, uh, physical distancing and and what that means when you're in a you know a venue where people have traditionally sat very close together. That physical distancing will be the biggest barrier to the live performance experience for, for, for us and, and also for audiences. And we expect it will be some time before theatres can open at capacity again. And until then, it's, you know, it's going to be difficult to, to do anything in that traditional format. So we need to think, we need to dig deep. We're a creative sector, so we need to really think about what kind of um, experiences can we offer that can be um, presented with physical distancing 
in place until such a time that we're, we're able to reopen. We are advocating very hard for that reopening, but of course the whole sector wants that to happen safely. Investment in Australian artists is going to be something that we're going to look at even more closely. Um, you know, whilst the borders are closed, it's, uh, we, we won't have access to international artists, but what an extraordinary opportunity to bring more of our amazing local talent into the, into the public arena. So we're really excited to, um, to work with our, not, and not just with our, our Victorian cohort, but with artists from around the country. I think investing in the, being prepared to invest more in the digital experience and how that then gets integrated with physical attendance and a live experience, that's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. And, and I don't think anyone's quite sure how that's going to play out yet. But we've achieved a lot in the digital space over, over a not very long period at all. So what do we take from that? What do we learn from that? And how do we integrate that into our, into our future business model? So um, it, it's a long, it's going to be a long road out from live performance. We, we know that. Um, but what we are hoping and what we're, um, what we're advocating for is that the more as a sector we can collaborate and work together, the quicker we will be able to get out of it. And how are you currently supporting artists and arts practitioners? So this, is, um, this has been such a challenging time for the sector and, um, you know, there were, there were stories at, right at the beginning and it happened so quickly of people having months and sometimes even years worth of work just cancelled within, you know, 24, 48 hours. So that's impacted artists, but also those who work, um, who work in and around the stages as well. And, you know, that's, that's been a heartbreaking thing to see. And we've really sort of challenged ourselves about, well, what is our role in uh, supporting artists and us practitioners through this time? So we've done a few things. Um, first is we've tried to give them work. So the digital uh, channel that we spoke about earlier, um, we have been paying all of our, all of our artists who, who have been involved in that. Um, some of them have chosen to donate their feedback, but um, you know, for many of them, it's been a valuable source of engagement as well as income during, during this period. And that will certainly continue. Our commissioning programs have continued through this time. So we've had, Two commissioning programs have been out recently. One, uh, Takeover, which is aimed at uh, mid-career artists, and then another one which is, has been about composition called Five by Five by Five. So keeping that, you know, keeping, keeping a sense, I, I guess, of hope um, has been important here and, and, and trying to keep people connected to their craft. And again, I said, as I said before, we're not going to be able to solve this alone, but we, you know, we, we certainly recognize that we have a role in this. So we've been doing that. We've, we've also um, been working on arts wellbeing collective type activities. So making sure, you know, we've got as many um, mental health first aiders out there in the community as, as we can get out there at the moment. And that's been, you know, that's been important. And there'll, there'll be more programs. There are programs under development right now that um, we hope will provide 
everyone who works in the sector some support over over the coming months we're worried about those mental health outcomes for for people who've sort of lived through this and and been desperately impacted by it the main thing we want to do though is we want to open the theatres again and we want to do that safely of course we won't do it until we can do it safely but we feel that um, having a sense of optimism, a sense of hope that we will be returning to a live performance format as soon as we can. We think that, you know, giving, just giving that sense of hope that, that, that there, there is a way out of this is, in, is incredibly important at the moment. And we just need to keep talking. You know, I think we're all people in this at the end of the day. We all have very different roles in the live performance sector, but I think the more we can stay connected and connected and support each other through this, the better the outcomes will be for everyone. Claire Spencer, thanks so much for being part of Public Sector Perspectives. Thank you so much for having me. That brings us to the end of this episode of Public Sector Perspectives. Public Sector Perspectives is produced by IPA Victoria. If you missed the last episode, we spoke with Glenn Patterson, CEO of the second largest city council in Victoria, the city of Casey. Looking for more ways to connect, share and learn? Join IPA's growing network of professionals and become a member today. Go to our membership page at vic.ipa.org.au. And if you enjoyed today's episode of Public Sector Perspectives, spread the word on social media and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can get in touch with Public Sector Perspectives by emailing info at vic.ipa.org.au or via IPA Victoria on all the usual social media channels. I'm Hayley Ricketson, and thanks for listening.